Today's talk is called Accept Your Divinity. And I, I come from one of those groups of people that talk about defects of character. And I focus on the seven deadly sins. Are you familiar with those? Pride, greed, lust, anger, envy, gluttony, and sloth. Pride, greed, lust, anger, envy, gluttony. Yeah, I got them all. Uh, and so, some people think those are uh, sins against God. But they aren't. Nothing is against God. They are, however, blockages to God, or at least God consciousness. They are blockages to my awareness of the presence of God, active and present all the time. And a lot of people use their defects of character as an opportunity, unconscious opportunity, to block their awareness of the consciousness of God. If your healing makes you guilty, you're not doing it right. It's really pretty much that simple. If the teachings you use to heal fill you with guilt and shame and tell you you're a sinner, you need to redo these. You need to look at them again. The point of all this healing is to create an awareness within us of how we have uh, forgotten our divinity. And I've seen people use the 12 steps to maintain a level of guilt. I've seen people use, oh my goodness, the lessons of A Course in Miracles, which are there to set us free and teach us forgiveness, and they just use them to be guilty over and over again, that we're not already doing these things. And people use the unity teachings uh, to, to instill shame and uh, lord knows religion from the very beginning was all about you are sinning you are but sin sounded so much worse when i was a kid and then i came into unity and i heard that uh sin was just missing the mark falling short of the ideal doesn't that sound nicer and kinder oh i fell short of the ideal yes i killed someone but i fell short of, i'm kidding i uh Falling short of the ideal is, is to not, not kill in any form, or to not fall short of the ideal. Uh, remember, we can kill. We don't have to kill a body. We can kill a character. We can assassinate our, our animals and what have you. We can, we, can, we can do a lot to kill each other mentally, spiritually, kill ourselves mentally and spiritually, and the body still continues to walk. And it's because we haven't yet accepted our divinity. We're still listening to a story that may have been told to us as, as a child, but somewhere along the line, we agreed to that story. Now, it's a funny thing. I, I will use Jesus as an example today. Imagine, Jesus came from Nazareth. And if you don't know what Nazareth was like, Later on in Jesus' life, two people were talking behind his back. It's called triangulation. And that they were talking, and somebody said, well, he's from Nazareth. And the other person said, could anything good come from Nazareth? So that tells you the public opinion of Nazareth, and that's where Jesus came from. And he, his mother got pregnant, uh, and not by a husband. Now, 
in the Christianity story, they have said it, it was by, by God. It was a virgin birth. I wasn't there. I don't know. But what I can tell you is while Joseph may have chosen to believe it, Mary may have chosen to believe it, the neighbors did not believe it. I'm quite certain of that. Would you believe it if one of your neighbors was suddenly pregnant and they said, oh, I've never had sex. I, it's a virgin birth. It is by God. No, we're not going to believe that. It's the same most Christians I know. If Jesus appeared at their bedside tonight, they'd freak out. And I get, if Jesus walked into most of our churches, he'd be thrown out. It's, it's a bizarre thing. We like the idea of Jesus. We like the idea of this stuff. But anyway, going back. So Jesus came from Nazareth. So already he's, there's a stigma about him and his mother, you know, with the, the, the strange set of circumstances. Also a stigma. And somewhere in there, he didn't feel he had a father. Apparently, he didn't feel Joseph was his father. And he went in search of his father. And what he found is when he found his father, his parental figure that he called Abba, which means father, uh, within. And that became his passion to spread the news that there is something ultimately good within us. And you don't have to tell yourself a story anymore that there is something less than good. Your stories of how you are not good will not uh, help you to have a spiritual revelation. Uh, I mean, when asked later when he was called good, and he said, why do you call me good? It is the Father within that does the works. It is the God within, the Spirit within that does the works. And so what he's saying there, he's not saying that he is not good. What he is saying is he is not the source. He is not the source of the goodness. He is saying, I have found a way. Follow me in. Follow me in. It doesn't mean follow me across the countryside here. It means follow me in. I found a way in. And, and that where I went in, I found peace. And I found that I was loved or am loved with an everlasting presence. I am loved. And if you don't know that you're loved, I can show you the way to find out. If you don't know that you are good, capital G, good, I can show you the way to find out. Would you like to know the way? I have a message, and it's called The Way. That's, I'm speaking for Jesus, I'm making stuff up, but you get my point. I do know that his ministry was called The Way. And that he kept pointing inward, inward, inward. They kept pointing at him, and he kept pointing back. No, not, not me. In, within. Any goodness I have is from within. Don't, don't try to fluff my ego, because I'm not going to fluff yours. I'm just going to tell you you're good and can't not be good. Please accept your divinity. Yeah, so in the 12 steps, all, you know, the, all these uh, 
things we call ourselves, our defects, that's what it is, till we become a, a walking defect in our own mind. And it is my thought that we, we just have those, most of us, quite frankly, have one defect. One. But let me talk about myself right now. I have one defect, and it is my failure or my unwillingness to accept my divinity. When I forget my God self, what happens is then all those what we call defects, Defects, I call those defects symptoms, symptoms of forgetfulness. You know, when you're a liar and thief and all that stuff. Those are all symptoms of the one defect, which is that you haven't yet accepted your divinity. And so why, why put it off any longer? Let's go ahead and accept our divinity today and not base it on how the world sees us, not base it on the story the world might tell, be telling us because we don't want to tell ourselves the story that the world is telling us. And the world, depending upon where we are in our mind at the moment, can tell us some pretty awful things. I, I, an example I like to use is years ago when I was studying the power of now. And I remember I, I, and, and, and Eckhart Tolle said, as soon as you go into judgment, you have left the now. And I was going to the subway. I lived in New York at the time. And I went down to the subway just as the train was pulling out of the station. And I observed that I felt unloved, unliked. I felt betrayed, abandoned. And it had to be two, three minutes later another train was coming in and I laughed because all of a sudden I felt nurtured, taken care of, and, and loved. And I was like, oh, I'm basing all this stuff on whether I get what I want or not. Not if my needs are met, but if I get what I want, I wanted a train. Well, the train I want was leaving the station. It didn't love me. The train that's coming in loves me. And I, uh, I really can't afford to think like that because uh, there'll be more times per day, I'm quite sure, where I feel unloved than loved if I base it on the conditions of the world. There are some people today who are very upset about the rain. I'm certain of it. And there are other people who are saying, oh, it's a rainy day. Let's just stay in bed and, uh, and, and read a book or do whatever we want to do today. And uh, I, I, and so to to look at the, I, I have a good friend, and I, we chatted this morning, and he has a two year old, and he said, "Oh, I said, what are you guys up to?" He said, "Oh, we're climbing Mount Daddy today. <laughs> it's a day, good day to stay home and climb Mount Daddy." And, and and I could hear his son just laughing in the background, and, and it, it was a lovely thing because these people just accepted where they were, and uh, rain was not the dictator of what they should think and feel about themselves. And I don't want to use my past to dictate to me how, to, how I should think and feel about myself. Because what that does is separates me in conscious, consciousness from God. I could never actually be separate from God. 
but I can think I am, and I can feel that I am, and I can behave as if I am. Anybody, anybody identify with that? You know, you're, you're throwing a fit today. For whatever reason, you're, the shame comes up, the pride, the greed, the lust, the anger, the envy, the gluttony, the sloth. Any of those things come up, and you say, oh, I'm a terrible person. And I thought, I, I really encourage us all when we start doing that, no matter how we tell ourselves we're a terrible person, because there's lots of different ways to say it and think it, but we interrupt that and say, wait a minute, God doesn't think I'm terrible, so I'm not terrible. I just forgot. I can forgive a lot of forgetfulness, can't you? I have forgiven many friends and relationships and stuff for a lot of forgetfulness. Doesn't mean I don't have feelings about it or thoughts, but I uh, I can easily forgive it uh, and go on with my day. But I think of something for myself and suddenly I'm not forgivable because of something I did five years ago or 10 years ago. And here's the thing even if I did it to someone else and they choose not to forgive me, that doesn't mean it's not forgivable. It means they forgot. They forgot in their hurt, in their pain, they forgot. And so I, somebody, I don't know why this occurs to me, years ago at a retreat, the, the facilitator asked, what was the worst thing you could have done as a child? And the first thing that occurred to me was to not use a coaster. And it seems like such a small thing, doesn't it? Unless you had my mother. She valued her tables so highly as if she would never, ever be able to get another table. That instead of teaching me proper coaster etiquette, perhaps again and again and again. It became a blemish on my soul because she forgot who she was. She forgot what she was. She forgot because not enough people had reminded her of what she was. And have enough people reminded you of what you are? And are you busy reminding others and yourself of what you are, beloved child of God. That's what we are. I have divinity. I have it. It's innate within me. And so to look at this, oh, oh, mother just forgot. It hurt. It hurt my feelings a lot at the time. And somehow, well, I never agreed with her per se, but I did go on to have a lot of behaviors that were less than divine. But they all brought me here. All my old behaviors brought me right here to this place. And so how, how could I criticize myself for that? It's like, oh my goodness. My longing was to know God. And frequently I settled to know the flesh better, some satisfaction of the flesh or the ego, frequently. And then I'd have moments where it's like, oh, but I want to know God. I want to know God. I, I, I don't think I can know God if I do this. And then I would do this and put God off till later. It wasn't until putting down smoking, you know, putting down cigarettes that I finally, finally, uh, really, I put them down so for my prayer life. 
I was going so deeply into my connection, my conscious connection with God. I, I was going so well into it that I was willing to put down one of the physical things I loved the most in my life. I'd already stopped drinking. And I, I, while I, lo- I didn't love alcohol, but I did love drinking, I, uh, I, I, uh, I just liked it back then, but it was doing more harm than good. But the cigarettes, I had been smoking since I was, what, sixth grade? And I thought, how will, how will I get through a day without a cigarette? It is my constant companion. Once I brushed my teeth, I smoked for the rest of the day. And I enjoyed them. They were fun. I often smoked unconsciously, but I smoked. And I thought, but I know what's in the way. It's a smoke screen between me and the God of my understanding. And I want to get rid of that. And so I made friends with the cigarettes. I made friends with them and realized they weren't out to hurt me. They were serving me. And I no longer needed to be served by cigarettes and smoking. And so I made, I let the cigarettes know. I've told you this before. I I let, I let the cigarettes go. I said, New Year's Day, we're going to put you down. But thank you. And every day, that was October, every day till New Year's, I kept thanking cigarettes. And on New Year's Day, I did put them down. And that was over 25 years ago. And so to, to look at this, and when I say 25 years ago, I have no concept of what that means. I still have a vivid recollection of me smoking, and I still have a desire to some days because they come out. You know, the idea of smoking comes out to serve me. Sean, you'll feel more attractive if you do this. Sean, you will relax more if you do this. Sean, and then, and then wisdom comes out and says, Sean, you will smell if you do this. Sean, you will be highly inconvenienced if you do this. That's not who and what you are anymore. And so I don't. I don't have a puff. The point is, I want to know my divinity more than I want to know that other stuff that blocks my conscious connection with God. Now, I'm going to read this from the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. Why does it seem like this is higher than it used to be? Because I'm sitting down, that's why. Okay, give me a second, people. Don't talk amongst yourselves. There we go. Okay, Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament, and it's the book of Philippians, chapter 3, and it starts with verse 12 here. And it says, What do you notice when you look and take inventory of your feelings? When you invite them into your presence, what do you see? I tell you that without words or circumstances of the world, you will find many feelings within you. There will be a feeling of guilt and a desire to blame. There will be fear, an urge to defend, and the thought to attack. There will be sadness, loneliness, and a feeling of being cut off. All of these feelings you find floating within your consciousness without attachment to a specific event or thing. And now, go deeper. Dive below those feelings you have found. Ask what else is there for you to see. You may seem to come to a very personal feeling. It may seem strong like a wall. This feeling tells you that you are what you are not. So do not pause to listen to it. Ask the wall to open like a door. Tell it, you've come to hear the truth. As the wall opens, pass through. 
willing to discover what was hidden. As you pass through, you will notice that you feel lighter as if heavy burdens have been lifted from you. Continue walking and notice the joy. It's a feeling that feels natural and light. Then stand quietly within the room you have entered. Ask all that that is, oh, excuse me, ask all that is there to come and show itself to you. What you experience now, bathed with light, is the truth at the level of the heart. This is who you are. The level of the heart. This is who you are. Once you have seen past who you are not or what you are not, once I have seen past what I am not, what I see is divine connection. What I see is that there is one mind, there is one heart, and all of us are in it. Now I'm allowed to be the one telling the story but only if I have asked for the truth. Capital T, truth, that which has no opposite. I have a desire to know myself and I have a desire to know you as we are rather than as we are not. I have a desire that doesn't mean I won't interrupt myself, but I don't have to interrupt myself. I have a desire at my heart to know us as we are or as we is. I am is this. I am is love, is peace, is joy. I am is my God identity. We are is also our God identity. And so, when you get to the wall, imagine a door. Ask that the door be opened and then ask for the truth to be revealed. I promise all of us, the truth is so much better than any story we could make up from the past. Today is a good day to accept our divinity, our God selves, our Christ awakening. Today is a very, very good day to accept our divinity and then accept we are all part of the one. Go ahead and do it. Thank you.